Wherever cancer is, Hancock Health will fight. In any part of you and in all corners of East Central Indiana. From Indianapolis to Greenfield to Knightstown to Greensburg. From hospital rooms to family rooms, we fight. With technology and medicine. With care backed by the wisdom of Mayo Clinic. For you, for your family, and for your future in Decatur County. We fight cancer here. HancockHealth.org slash cancer. Good morning. It is Tuesday, January 3rd, 2023. It is five minutes after 11, and you're listening to The Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. So the new year's here. That also means that the state legislative session will begin on Monday, January 9th. It's going to be a long session this year. The lawmakers have to draft the state's biannual budget. They have to do that before they adjourn in April. And there are some top priorities that the legislature has. They plan to address education funding, public health spending, potential tax cuts, issues with inflation, teacher shortages, workforce development, meatpacking, and TikTok. But the one topic you did not read and the one topic that no one in the Indiana General Assembly is talking about at all, including the governor, Mm -hmm. who laid out his priorities, and his priorities were a bunch of leftist dream wishes, the environment, teacher unions, Mm -hmm. whatever, is the issue that will hit every single homeowner in the state of Indiana, some to different degrees than others, but almost every single homeowner in the state of Indiana will be impacted by rising property taxes. Mm -hmm. It is not an if question. It is a how much question. And some people are going to see their property taxes this year rise. And I'm, I'm not talking people who live in mansions. I'm talking about people who live in moderate middle class homes will see their taxes raise property taxes by $1,000 or more this year. Yeah. And this is on assessed property, which is the potential for what it could sell for if you were to sell it. The entire property tax process has been broken and highly flawed from the very beginning. And the legislature has never had the courage to actually address the issue, which is that it is wholly unfair for the government to forever have a lien on your property, which is what property taxes are, right? Mm-hmm. Don't pay them, government can take your home for you. The government has had no no help in me buying my home. I bought my home. Why does the government forever get a lien on my home? And the answer to that is because the government is evil and maniacal Mm -hmm. and being evil and maniacal, they recognize that property taxes are the one tax you cannot get get out of unless you want to live at a soup kitchen or wander the streets homeless. You have to opt into that tax. You cannot opt out. And so what we have is a system in which, and this is the only thing I can think of in which an unmonetized gain is taxed. When you buy stock and that stock goes up, which is essentially what a house is, it's a place, it should be a place to live, but it is treated like the, by the government as an asset. Well, if you buy a stock, if you buy in, you know, everything's down, so I'm just making a name up, Tesla, mm-hmm. and Tesla goes up 20%, 
you are not taxed on that 20% gain until you sell that stock mm -hmm. because the stock fluctuates, just like home prices fluctuate. Mm -hmm. But in the state of Indiana, you are taxed more every single time an unelected appointed person in most cases mm -hmm. because the assessor sets the rate, but it is not the county assessor is not out assessing every home. It's an appointed person says, well, your house is worth $30,000 $30, more than it was a year before. Why? Because I said so. Mm -hmm. Well, then in a best case scenario, you have to take your own time and resources and money to go in front of an appeals board mm. and prove that your house wasn't worth it. And the danger in that is, Casey, then you've opened Pandora's box because they can say, you know oh, what, you're it's right. it's worth even more. Yeah, it was worth $30,000. Yes. It was worth $60,000 more. This system is wholly broken, and it's been broken for decades. And the only reason people are going to be paying attention to it now mm -hmm. is because they're about to open those spring property tax bills, and they're going to see how much they're getting screwed. And these Republicans, and people always say, why do you pick on the Republicans? Because they run everything. What Democrat am I supposed to pick on here? I'm not under any delusion that Democrats want to help with property taxes. I'm not under any delusion that the Democrat Party in Indiana is, is on the side of the taxpayer. But they're not in charge. The Republicans are in charge of everything. And this is the issue. And no one is talking about it. It's also interesting that when you do get that bill, it looks like everything's due in May. Yeah. And it really isn't. It's not 100% due in May. So read that closely. And you talk about challenging the property tax. I've actually done that. Yeah. And it was in St. Joe County, which is northern Indiana. And there was a time there. There was this company that was running ads on the radio station. It was a lawyer. They said, hey, you know, we're going to challenge this for you. Uh, and if you win, all you have to do is pay us half of what you gained. And uh, everybody was taking advantage of this. So at one point, it was about over a six-month period, 90% of the challenges went through because there was that one assessor. Well, once they kind of learned what was going on, they staffed up more assessors, and that's when they started putting the brakes but, on all of the challenges but, going through. And I'm glad you won, but think about what you just said. You had to spend your own money mm -hmm. because it... it that attorney's not running a soup kitchen. Right. Now, you saved half, which is great for you. But yes, but that's only one year. Exactly. Because then the next year, you got to do it again. Exactly. This, and, and I think the most frustrating thing about this is, because oftentimes in public policy, look, reasonable people can disagree, right? You can say, well, this policy's working. Oh, no, it's not. Well, this or that. Nobody's disputing that the property taxes are about to skyrocket for most people. It's simple math. The assessments went way up. Mm -hmm. And when assessments go up, you're taxed on a percentage. Your home is taxed on a percentage of that assessment. Nobody in the Indiana General Assembly is refuting that your property taxes are about to skyrocket. So we're not disagreeing on what's about to happen. But nobody is motivated to do anything. Casey, I spent three days fighting with Jim Lucas on Facebook about this. Three days. Think about what he could have done in three days mm -hmm. rather than fighting with me. Who he could have called, who he could have wrote, who he could have organized meetings with. He could put out his own policy, whatever. He spent three days trying to tell me, no, 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 you're really lucky to live in Indiana. Shut up and pay. No, 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 we're, our taxes are lower than Illinois. You're really lucky that we're not Illinois. That's not the conversation here. The conversation is the Indiana Republican Party mm -hmm. espouses to be the party of low taxes and limited government. And I had a three-day conversation with this moron about how, well, what are you going to do if property taxes get lowered? The government might have to be cut. Sir, 
That's the premise of the party, Casey. What, what is he? There's a surplus right now. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. They're sitting on an almost $6 billion surplus mm-hmm. on top of that. And if we can we take a stroll down memory lane? Yeah. Can we go back in the time machine? For a second. How far back are we going? We're, we're probably go, going way back. Well, we? we're going to go way back to mm-hmm. when the earth was young, mm-hmm. all the way back in 2008. Okay. Because remember the whole reason for the property tax caps, which of course are made up and not real, because a cap would mean you can't go above it. And many, many communities across this state have gone way above it because of the school referendum. So the caps aren't even real. But let's just use the term cap for fun. When the property tax caps were put in place, They were put in place because the state of Indiana, led by Mitch Daniels at the time, agreed with residents that local governments, primarily school corporations, were totally out of control. The premise of the tax caps was to cut the government. The government was too big and too unaccountable. And now here we are just 14 years later, Mm -hmm. and I'm having a three-day fight with one of the guys who's supposed to be one of the more conservative members of the General Assembly. So if he's here, think about where the rest of them are, about, whoa. But then there might there might be government that would have to be cut. What where would you take it from? That was the whole premise of the tax caps to begin with. Is the taxes were totally out of control, the governments were totally unaccountable, and this was the taxpayer saying our home is not your personal piggy bank. Now here we are just a decade and a half later. Mm-hmm. And taxes on properties now are higher than they were when the caps were put in place because of this flawed scam assessment process. And that's what the Republicans here want. They want to be able to look at you and go, well, I'd love to help you out, but property taxes, well, that's a local issue. And of course, we dictate how local governments operate around here, but that's a local issue. And well, there's just nothing we can do. Okay, so a couple of things. The median annual property tax paid in Indiana is $1,263. However, you can expect that to go up. And you spent three days talking with Jim Lucas going back and forth. I, I thought one, I thought thought he was going to stay off of social media well he had uh, after <laughs> what, what did he I thought we had to talk about did, that did, did, didn't he wasn't there something with the holocaust where he had to go to the holocaust mm-hmm. museum because i mean we are fortunate that jim lucas has zero self-control and is a moron okay because the rest of them and i give credit the rest of these people in the indiana general assembly i know they talk behind my back and i know the things they say about me but they have enough self-control not to say it in public and not mm-hmm. to say it out loud. Now, they say it to the wrong people and it gets back to me. But we are very lucky that Jim Lucas exists because he has zero self-control <laughs> and repeatedly puts his foot in his mouth. And no matter how many times he looks like an idiot, he just keeps coming back. Well, surely after three days of going back and forth, you guys came up with a plan. Or he, as an elected official, has a solution knows what he's going to get all of his buddies to do, right? Nope. Here's uh, Here oh. was the one post that summed it all up. Are you ready? Yeah. This was from uh, State Representative Jim Lucas. Now, keep in mind, Casey, my job, I am a law-abiding, tax-paying citizen. I've never been uh, convicted of a crime. I've never been charged of the crime. I've always paid all of my applicable taxes. I am in good standing with the Eternal Revenue Service. I go to work each day. And this is how I'm being treated. We'll get to the second paragraph by a state representative because, well, I exist, Casey. The problem is that I exist. Rob Kendall, you should know that those property tax issues, tax rates and assessments are determined at the local level. Mm -hmm. What did I tell you, Casey? Mm -hmm. Of course, Jim and the Republicans in Indiana write the laws on how the local governments operate. 
But if he can pass it off to the local level, well, then it's not my fault. This is a case of NMJ. Not my job. Yep, bingo. Mm -hmm. But he's certainly getting paid. Yeah. He's just not doing the job he's getting paid for. But that issue is being scrutinized at the state level to determine what the best course of action would be statewide to deal with the hand that D.C. has dealt us. Now, first of all, first of all, the idea that you're starting session with no plan means there's nothing of merit that's going to come out of this session. There's no way they're going to concoct a plan and get 150 people to agree on a plan if you don't have a bill when you start the session. So that's a joke. And you bet oh, you almost better hope they don't come up with a plan because if they try to do it in the middle of session, it's going to be a disaster. Okay, that's the first side of this. Second of all, You've known about this for a year. We were talking about this Mm -hmm. a year ago. We were literally reading on the air, Casey, Mm -hmm. people's assessments, the increases when they were getting them in the mail. And we were calculating how much taxes were going to go up. And these were people all over the state. These lawmakers knew about this a year ago. If you'd have started a year ago, you might have a really great plan if you really wanted to help keep people in their homes and keep property taxes under control. Third of all, what does Washington, D.C. have to do with property taxes in Indiana? Right. Jim Lucas and the Indiana Republicans have had no problem the past three years, like little piggies at a trough, letting Washington, D.C. dump barrels of cash that that, they threw a billion at public education with no accountability. I mean, it's an endless amount of the money that has flown into COVID dollars. Now, let's get to the end of this little message to me. Now, keep in mind, I am a law-abiding, tax-paying citizen who goes to work every single day. And Jim Lucas, because he has zero self-control, we can always count on him to tell us the truth about what's going on. The worst thing we could do is offer up a knee-jerk reaction just to try to appease some disingenuous, intellectually dishonest, narcissistic ass that regurgitates (laughs) the same thing on a daily basis on the radio. He's talking about you, right? Oh, he's talking about me. (laughs) Now, think about that. He had a year. They've known about it for a year. Mm -hmm. He now considers a year, I guess, it would be a knee-jerk reaction if they did something now. That's the first part of that. Mm -hmm. The second part is Mm -hmm. he's telling you they... Not just him. He's just stupid enough to say it out loud. Thank you, Jim. You're wonderful. That they are not going to do anything for you. If you're hearing my voice right now, they know, the Indiana Republicans know, you're about to get screwed big time, and they're not going to do anything for you because Rob Kendall would get a win on the radio. That's sick. Right. That's you, sick. You can't be right. And that's really going to hit a lot of people who are on fixed income. No kidding. Yeah. Especially if it goes up 100, 200, 300. You had somebody text you, what they're going to pay. I had a, a non-political person who did not want to be named because they don't want they don't want to be political. They don't want to be scrutinized. They just said here, they had just heard from, I think it was their mortgage company mm-hmm. because obviously it's going to affect what they put in escrow. Their middle class, very moderate, modest home was going to go up $115 a month in property taxes, which comes out to $1,384 a year. Mm-hmm. This is a person with multiple kids, mm-hmm. hardworking guy. His wife is hardworking. Where is he going to come up with $1,384 for nothing? He didn't get any better government. He didn't get any more services. He just has to shut up and pay mm-hmm. $1,384. Mm-hmm. Uh, on, on top of the fact that right now he's paying more for groceries and he's paying more for all of his utilities, everything yeah. else is going up at the same time. So let me say this and then I'm going to be done with this for today. Okay. You're right, Jim. I do regurgitate the same thing on a daily basis on the radio. And you know why I regurgitate it? Because you and your buddies in the Indiana Republican Party know there's a problem, they know it's a looming crisis, and you won't do a damn thing about it. I promise you, if you fix this system that has been broken for decades, I won't say a single word about it. But until you guys do your job, 
I will stand up for the people because you won't do it. You're listening to the Kendall and Casey Show. It's 93 WIBC. Little south side of Chicago. It is 11:23. This is the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. Indiana's Office of Technology announced that TikTok has been blocked from state devices. What? Okay, Casey. Yeah. I've asked this question on social media, and I got no valid answer because there is none. <laughs> what possible reason mm-hmm. would there be for any state employee? Now, I'm mm-hmm. not talking about on your personal phone. Great. Mm-hmm. What possible reason would there be for a state employee to have had TikTok? Yeah, on their if phone. you're working on my behalf, your job with that state device, like your job as a state employee, mm-hmm. is to work on my behalf. What possible what possible thing could you be doing on TikTok that is on my behalf? Yeah. Well, I know a lot of people use it for brand extension. Yeah, your brand extension is not working on my behalf. It's true. A lot of people use it to show off their dancing skills. Well, their dancing skills is also not working on my behalf. Hmm. A lot of people use it for their own personal hot takes. Your personal hot takes also not working on my behalf. Mm. There's a lot of recipes and cleaning videos. Again, you don't... Let me say it slowly. Hmm. Working on my behalf, <laughs> what possible reason could there be for you to have TikTok? And this is the problem, right? We always hear, think about this. We are led to believe by Jim Lucas and Eric Holcomb and the rest of these Indiana Republicans. Remember in the debate a couple of years ago, Eric Holcomb, we've cut government to the bone. Your employees apparently have so little to do that they have TikTok mm-hmm. on their state devices. Well, not really? anymore. Not anymore, because they're getting rid of them. Who knows? Who knows what those people, because who knows what that phone is connected to? Mm-hmm. And you had TikTok on your phone the mm-hmm. entire... Uh, <laughs> yeah. This is everything I say about government in one story, right? State employees have TikTok on their state devices. Yeah, I would say, you know what? Maybe it's for a news source, but... Nah, not TikTok. Not even that. I mean, you you could almost justify Twitter as a news source that you needed updates. on your own device. Sure, not on a. State. There is zero need not on your on state, state on your state device mm-hmm. to have social media. None. Yeah, even Todd Rakita says that uh, he said that uh, it's more important than ever to protect children from the app. He's been encouraging parents to delete it from the children's phone. But to your point, on state devices, why do you need any social media then? You don't. On state devices. The idea when these lawmakers talk about how there's no government to cut Mm -hmm. or we couldn't possibly give you any of your money back or all the money, bull. The amount of waste, they're going to probably pass a budget that is somewhere near $40 billion this year, Casey. Mm -hmm. You're going to tell me in a $40 billion budget, you couldn't find 10% of that to go back to the people? You wouldn't even know it's missing. You... It is what it is. It <laughs> is what so, it is. You're so frustrated. Active TikTok users, 1 billion monthly active users. That's a lot. That's a lot of people. It was the most downloaded app 
of last year. I'm sure it'll continue. Although with all the pushback it's been getting hey, lately about security, maybe not. It'll real, slow down. Real quick before we go to a break, mm-hmm. because this is our first show of the year. Mm-hmm. And uh, somebody in the chat said, on our, by the way, you can watch the show on YouTube whenever mm-hmm. you want. If you just go on, put Kendall and Casey in your YouTube mm-hmm. search bar. Hey, Rob, do you ever get down from saying the same thing over and over? (laughs) I agree with you on the taxes and our lawmakers, but it seems like you're talking to a brick wall. You're right. In most cases, when it comes to 200 West Washington, I'm not trying to influence them. What I'm trying to do is to get you, the listener, to recognize what I've been saying here for six years, that those people down there, those Republicans, are not your friend. And until you're willing to punish them, they're going to keep treating you like an enemy. I'm not talking to them. I have zero faith in them doing the right thing. What I do have faith in is our audience. Mm -hmm. I do have faith in you. I do have faith that you will mobilize. And I do have faith that if we keep hammering this and you keep getting hurt enough by these Republicans, you will eventually recognize there is no one down there wearing a white hat. They're all wearing black hats and they're all out to screw you. And, well, Jim Lucas said you're saying the same thing. Well, until something changes, that's what you will continue to do. Plus, I get paid an exorbitant amount of money to be here. And (laughs) it's uh, really a charmed life I live. I mean, I can't even go to the White Castle without getting recognized. So does Kevin. He gets producer money. Hey, we've got uh, Micah Beckwith is going to join us next. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. It's time to go to church. Take me to church. Here to preach to the choir from the bully pulpit, Pastor Micah Beckwith. 93 WIBC. It is the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob. Casey's here. Let's go to the drivehubler.com hotline. The conservative voice of the state of Indiana, Pastor Micah Beckwith. Beckwith, I'm just going to ask you an open-ended question and let you go wherever you want to go with this. What in the world is wrong with your Republican friends? <laughs> hey, Happy New Year to you guys, too. It's uh, 2023, and yes, it's going to be a good year. So. <laughs> uh, okay, so I spent, as we talked about in the opening segment, my basically the past three days fighting on social media with State Representative Jim Lucas, in which... I mean, no joke, Micah, three days. He's trying to convince me and a whole bunch of other people he doesn't know that the tax structure in this state is totally great, that the property taxes are great, you're getting phenomenal value for your money, shut up and pay. I mean, is this now the position of the Indiana Republican Party? Because I don't hear anyone objecting. I didn't hear the governor say this is a priority. They all know the property taxes are about to skyrocket because of the assessments. And the universal response is either silence or someone like Jim Lucas who says, no, 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 it's all fine. Well, I think first of all, you and Jim both are are on the same team here. I think no, you we're not. Actually, no. Yes, you are. No. Yes, you are. You guys, Micah. You guys. I watch. Listen. I watch. I watch you both on social media, and I have. I I get my popcorn, and it is great entertainment. So I appreciate <laughs> that. But but you guys. I think. I think what we have to remember is is that Indiana certainly can do better. We, we always could do better. I mean, we're never, we're never going to be perfect. It's, it's this more, uh, this, this more perfect union that we're always striving for. But what Jim was saying on what I, what I read anyway, was he was saying comparatively to the, to the rest of the country, we're not, we're not doing terrible. And that's true. I mean, Indiana is, is one of the better places in the country to live. But to your point, Rob, like we still have some problems we got to fix. And so I think you both are right in, in some ways where it's like, Hey, 
Indiana's doing okay, but boy, I, I mean, I've been disappointed in the Republican leadership over the last four years because we haven't we haven't uh, taken the ball in those last few seconds of of the game and capitalized. We've kind of took a knee and said, well, let's just play this one out. And and I think that's where I get frustrated and guys like you get frustrated when it's like, guys, we could have we could have been the Florida. I mean, Eric Holcomb could have been the Ron DeSantis. Um, and, and we could have been talking about Eric Holcomb for president if he just would have done what the Constitution says to do. And that's where I, my big beef with the Republican Party has been, is you guys have not done what the Constitution has said and given us our liberties and protected our liberties. And, and so that's, that's the problem. But, but I do think Indiana is not California, and it's not New York, certainly, and it's certainly not Illinois. And so, so I think there's a little bit of a, of a hey, you both kind of have a good point. But you're going to see the property taxes go up. I think that's true. And when and if that does happen, then people like you and Casey and myself, we can say, hey, well, you guys should have seen this coming. Why do you always why do you always play defense? Why are you never on offense? So I think that's my perspective in this whole thing. Uh, Micah Beckwith is our guest. Um, okay, so where are we at on the uh, taxpayer-funded campaign material that I get uh, uh, from the U.S. reps, the state reps, the House? Jim Baird sent me, who is my U.S. rep, a mailer, which cost who knows how much. I mean, this is not something they've done at Kinko's. They have uh, spared no expense. And he's wasting government money to tell me how upset he is that Biden is wasting government money. Beckwith, if you are elected to Congress in 2024, are you going to cut the crap on the taxpayer-funded campaign material? Well, I think, I mean, I'm certainly going to make sure to use taxpayer money wisely. I'm not going to go out and blow it and just and do it just because everyone else is doing it. And I think that's probably where the Jim Bairds or just, you know, just congressmen, especially on the Republican side, they, they know that it's probably wasteful. But here's the thing. The Democrats are doing it just as much, if not more. And it kind of goes back to, like, take um, ballot harvesting in some states and, and uh, mail-in ballots in, in some states. Democrats have done really well on, on using the system to their advantage. Republicans have said, well, we're purists. We're not going to do that. And look what's happened. It's, it's killed them in some of these states where, where now they're saying, well, if this is the new game, this is how we have to play it. So to the Jim Bayards, what this is doing, while he's not campaigning te- technically, he is – getting his name ID up in in the district so that when election time comes around, we we get another good uh, Republican legislator elected. And the, the flip side of this, Rob, is what would happen if he didn't do this? The Democrats would gain more ground and he's he's conceding ground. So I don't like how the system is laid out. I don't like that this happens. But what's the alternative? The alternative is for him to stop and the Democrats now are going to gain ground. So so I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know the right answer. I'm just telling you that's probably what's going on in their heads when they're saying, "Well, if we don't do this, we're going to lose ground." And you and I both agree that a Republican legislature in Washington is way better than having a socialist, Marxist, Democrat legislature. I, I'm not, I'm not sure. No, no, I'm not. I'm not sure we agree on that. I, 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 <laughs> no, I mean seriously, I, I don't see any difference, Mike. I mean, I don't. I don't know. I mean, if the argument is well, we must waste money because if we don't waste money the democrats are going to waste money then what what am i even do why well, even vote 
Yeah, well, and to your point, then the other then the other alternative is to let the Marxists get get control, let the country go down and in flames, and then once the ashes and the fires go out and it's just ashes left, left, then you rebuild the way that our founders intended to rebuild. So, so again, I mean, I, I think there's a time and a place to burn the ship down. I mean, I, I've said for a number of years that the FBI and the the you know some of these three letter agencies need to be completely dismantled and. Uh, and, and because they've, they've become so abusive. And so, so, yeah, I think there is, to your point, I think there is a time and a place to do that. But I, I'm just telling you what I think is probably going on in the head, heads of these legislators where they're saying, well, you know, they're, the, the other side's doing it. And if we don't do it, it's just money lost. It's, and, and that's not a necessarily always a good way to be thinking. But I'm just telling you that's probably what, what, what they're saying. Well, does anybody really think, though, that we're going to forget about inflation and the state of the economy? I I think they do. I actually think, I mean, take what Todd Young just did after he got elected. He's got six years now and how he, he totally flipped on his concern. Like any, any conservative support he had, he, he, he lost it like a week after the election. And and what's going through his head is, is I got six years. They're going to forget. I'm I'm good for six years. And then about year five, I'll start getting out there and start, you know, winning the Rob Kendall's over with my conservative talking <laughs> point. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I think, I don't, I don't know. Look, I mean, I, I'm going to go way back in the time machine here to, oh, I don't know, two months ago. I think we had this conversation and I was told by someone, I don't know who, shut up. You got to vote for him because, well, do you want a bunch of Marxists? So what I mean, but it doesn't matter. Right. I mean, I'm not the person to have this conversation with because I don't think there's really any difference anymore. What is the difference? Well, I think the difference is the party platforms. Now, again, I'm, you're you're looking at leadership. You're looking at the people. I'm looking at the principles of the party. And if you put the party platforms next to each other, the Republican Party, far and large, is way better than any other party out there when it comes to constitutional values. Now, I, I would be all for having a constitution party that basically says our principles are whatever the Constitution says, but we don't have that, and maybe we will someday. But I do think the Republican Party right now is the closest to, to pure constitutional principles that we have. And so I'm looking at it from a principled party platform perspective. Now, I know we've got pathetic leaders in the Republican Party. I get that. I understand that. But don't blame the, the, the party principles because of bad leadership. Blame bad leadership because that's what's going on. Well, when they don't stick to the party principles, though, it's hard to believe him. I proudly serve Hoosier families in the U.S. Senate. That's what he said. Tell me, how does helping Hoosier fam? how is spending $1.7 billion? Trillion. 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 Thank you. How does that help Hoosier families? It- it doesn't. I mean, it, it doesn't. I mean, I think, again, that's an egregious uh, misstep by any Republican that, that voted on that omnibus bill. I think, you know, we need to hold him accountable, whether it's two years from now or whether it's six years But what years are you going to do now. to him? He's in there for six years. What are you going to do to him? Well, I think you, you can you can certainly be a thorn in his flesh. I mean, you can I mean, in your you can shame him. I mean, that's really what it is. Our founding fathers, they knew that in the uh, he has no in, shame. You can't shame well, someone who has no shame. Todd well, Young has no shame. That's fine. He may not feel shame, but you can certainly go out and say, hey, he has dropped the ball. He's he's absolutely been uh, a, a disgrace when it comes to standing on true constitutional values. And and honestly, after the last couple couple months or last couple weeks here, I, I've even heard conservative 
uh, family organizations that typically stay out of the mudslinging, they are now going after Todd Young and saying he has he's throwing marriage under the bus. He he didn't stand on traditional marriage. He's he and then you, we have people like you know the Americans for Prosperity or for, or you guys that are saying he's he's throwing fiscal responsibility under the bus. I mean, really, you you just keep doing that. You keep you harp on that for six years. Every time Todd Young's name come up, now now you say, hey, this is the guy who's done X, Y, and Z. Don't forget it. And I do think then we'll get a good primary candidate to run in, in five years from now, and we, can, and we can take him out. Before I let you go, speaking of primary candidates, I think you would be proud of me. Casey will be proud of me, too. I engaged with a uh, Republican uh, over break, and it was uh, somewhat civil, but I didn't get the response I was looking for. And so I'm going to ask you just real quick what next step I should take. Uh, Jim Banks, mm-hmm. Congress. Congressman mm-hmm. sent me a text message and it simply said happy b day <laughs> and so i thought well maybe this is an olive branch of some sort and i just responded thank you senator please don't let holcomb win and, and i thought i thought maybe this would be the olive branch he'd be like oh i'd love to come on the show that'd be great then mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. and i got no response oh well okay first of all did you ask him to come on the show no. or are you just kind of he needs me i don't need him say- he doesn't do anything for me he needs me <laughs> I was trying to be nice. Egregious mistake. Oh my God! See, this passive aggressive thing. You know, okay, you gotta you gotta ask and say, "Hey, Jim, I'd love for you to come on the show. Let's talk about what's going on in in your race and the potential Senate run." And then if he says no, go pound sand. Then you've got you can say, "Okay, he doesn't like me." But you gotta at least ask him, Rob. Come on, this is like you know dating one hundred and one. The girl you don't go up and you know. And, and, you know, tease the girl, and then hopefully she asks you on a date. you got to go ask her on a date. Come on, man. Happy B-Day. That's not even full words. It's not even a sentence. I don't even think it was capitalized properly. Well, from what I've learned from this conversation is Rob Kendall and Jim Banks are dating now. (laughs) (laughs) I just wanted to put it out there that I I was kind in my response, and I, 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 you know, I thought that was pretty clever. Hey, I will say this. We did have an event uh, last week, a couple days ago, in Fishers, and Jim Banks came down and talked to a group of just kind of conservative leaders in, in the Fishers area. And, and he, I mean, he was really impressive. I mean, I, I, I love what he was saying about, you know, where he believes that we should take the Senate. And he was, um, you know, he's been a fighter. I think he's got a proven record of, like, fighting the culture war. That's what I want. I want our, our Republican legislators to be culture warriors that won't be afraid of the cancel culture and, and the woke mob. And and, and Jim Banks has proven that. that well, he's not- I, I know he listens. And so if he sends me the following correspondence, Rob, I would love to come on the show. I would be happy to have him on the show. <laughs> okay, well, good. Well, why don't... Why don't you just send him a text? And say, That's not how it works, Micah. No, 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 no. He is the one who needs something. I don't need anything you, from him. You do that every Monday to me. You say, hey, Micah, would love to have you on the show tomorrow on Tuesday. You are my friend. I like you. There's a difference. You've been very good to me. You've not stolen any. You've not stolen a single dime from me in Washington, D.C., Micah. Micah, back with the conservative voice of America. Happy New Year. Hey, happy New Year, guys. Thanks. You're listening to the Kennelly Casey Show on 93 WIBC. Then I saw her face Now I'm a believer and Casey show on 93 WIBC. It is 1151 and the head of NASA worried that China may claim the moon as its own territory and prevent the U.S. from landing there again. Uh, the, the administrator, his name is Bill Nelson. He said, it's a fact. We're in a space race. Okay, so... It sounds like a Dr. Evil thing, right? Yeah. Like somebody's going to claim the moon? Well, 
okay, he goes on to say that. How um, would you even claim the moon? <laughs> and if you're there, what are they going to do? Come in four or five days? Fire the laser. <laughs> I mean, let's say theoretically, I'm going to claim Brownsburg, Indiana. Mm-hmm. Now, China could theoretically mm-hmm. claim because it's like you could you could wall that off or whatever, right? I'm not talking about the logistics of it, but the moon is a gigantic structure Mm -hmm. and I'm not a moonologist, but I'm guessing that there's a lot of places you could land on the moon and seeing as how the moon is totally uncultivated, it isn't like, I don't know, I guess China wouldn't have enough resources there to just start shooting people out of the sky from the moon. Mm -hmm. You couldn't live on the moon. Well, and what if you're already on the moon and then all of a sudden China's coming? Okay, we have to get out of here. Exactly. In four or five days. It sounds like an idle threat, although the Mm -hmm. idea of China having the moon does alarm me a great deal. Okay, so. uh, So the government fear mongering is working. Well, is that what it is that what it sounds like to you, fear mongering? Well, that's all the government ever does. We you know, must spend money on this. We must do that. We must this. We must that. And it's always the world's going to end. It's, it's funny you say that because here in my notes I have sounds to me like someone at NASA is conjuring fear for funding. Oh, and I didn't even <laughs> see your notes. That's so great. Yeah. So same thing, right? Uh, give us more money because uh, another country is going to claim China. Well, they say that they want it as a a base, a bouncing off, a jumping off point for exploration and scientific missions. Maybe that would be the best thing to happen to planet Earth is if we just sent China to the moon. Well, does Manifest Destiny count in space? There was a great song, uh, an oldie, Kevin, called Everyone's Gone to the Moon. You might uh, find that one as our outro music today. I'm on it. Yeah, Everyone's Gone to the Moon was the name of it. It was one of those groups like Chad and Jeremy or somebody like that Mm -hmm. from the the 60s. Yeah, I've heard of them. I think Denny Smith uh, loves them. That seems like the sort of group (laughs) that Denny Smith would be all over. I bet Denny Smith has the most comprehensive record collection of Chad and Jeremy (laughs) this side of the Mississippi. That's the bingo. Okay, so let's talk about... uh, uh, Todd Young's tweets. Casey wanted to do this. I had no role in this whatsoever. I said it's a, ter- it's a terrible idea to be so mean to Todd Young. So he sent out multiple greetings over the past yes. week, obviously wishing everybody Merry Christmas. And he also <laughs> said, I wish all Hoosiers a happy and safe New Year. Yes. Okay, so <laughs> imagine me. I'm sitting on my couch and mm. I'm going through Twitter yeah. and I see this post from Todd Young. I wish all Hoosiers a happy and safe New Year. My first instinct... Straight to the comments. <laughs> <laughs> because It's probably a lot of peace on earth, goodwill to men type responses. From the guy that voted yes on the $1.7 trillion omnibus bill, Republican in name only, Rhino. Somebody else says, exactly. To Hoosiers or to special interests? <laughs> Rhino, again. All Hoosiers in this new year wish you would do your job. <laughs> This is another comment. On the Christmas greeting. On the Christmas greeting. Someone start a petition to recall Senator Todd Young. <laughs> I'd like to see a Twitter survey. The question should be, should Senator Todd Young resign? Yes or no? <laughs> Didn't you do a Twitter survey, something like that? Probably. I probably did something way more offensive than that. I, uh, 
I just love that on the Christmas greeting, the guy's voting record is so egregious that even on the Christmas greeting, people are like, eat crap. Mm-hmm. You support the omnibus and betrayed Hoosiers, all caps, betrayed. Here's another comment for Todd Young. Happy spending, rhino. <laughs> Traitor. Same to you and best wishes, rhino. And then lastly, <laughs> get bent. <laughs> well, here's the thing, though, that we've talked about, and we've talked about it many times, and mm-hmm. we did our best to warn people, and he didn't even take a week before he started in on it. Your only chance to get him is at the ballot box. Mm-hmm. And when you roll over and play dead, and when you vote out of fear, and you just give this guy, and look, these Todd Young people are all over the Republican Party. This is what you get. You can't stop him. Mm-hmm. He doesn't care about you. He has no moral compass. His right and wrong is whatever his daddy, Mitch McConnell, tells him to do. So you can't stop him. That's why I was so adamant. Yes! <laughs> I'm just going to let this roll out. You go ahead and do the outro. <laughs> Have a great day, everyone. <laughs> Thanks, Rob. Good job, Kevin. And thank you for listening. It's the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WI. Yeah! Everyone's gone to the moon. Everyone's gone